0: Shut up the show's starting
1: <laughs> It's
2: got a very Super Mario 64 feel to it.
3: Very much. Welcome to another episode. The of a new. Newly titled podcast. Someone else should be doing this as he corrects my gain.
4: Well, I can't correct your gain unless you're actually talking. You're so. right. That's it. So you're <laughs> going to
3: do be doing it as I announce the title for the first time. So it's well, going to be very awkward. So Derek, announce the title.
0: Okay. So it is Celluloid Breakdown. <laughs> All right. Mixed reviews. I'm sure that the actual reviews will be equally as mixed. Likely <laughs> so. Um, yeah. The reviews of the review show. The reviews of the review show. Welcome
3: yeah. to another episode of Celluloid Breakdown. Yay. No, don't Yay. do it again. No,
0: yeah, well, that's fine. It's, it's, yeah. All right. fitting. The audience right. does what the audience does.
3: Uh, with us, as always, Mr. Sean Fall on the ones and twos over there. Uh, across the round, we got Derek Laporte. Hello. I am Joy Bonnier. And we also have another guest here, Mr. Tim Snow. Yes. So, gentlemen. What did we watch today?
4: Some we foreign crap. Yes. We watched
3: Sancho the Bailiff. Sancho the Bailiff. Mr. By- Gucci, 1954.
2: 1954.
0: Yes.
3: All right. Let's uh, let's let's skip, dive right in, guys. First impressions.
4: A surprising whack of Sancho the bailiff. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will agree with him on that. Yes, and maybe yes, the only time we agree, I mean, but you cannot <laughs> deny that. That, that will Sancho be a whole, the,
0: That's a. I think that's a whole discussion, right, about the reason why this is called Sancho the bailiff mm. when there's not so much Sancho the bailiff. Yeah, what yeah. is that a statement on? For sure, uh, that kind of stuff. Derek, Aside from that, what let's, do we got?
3: Let, let's talk to you, Derek. You, okay. you recommended this to us. Yes, uh, you said this is definitely a Derek pick. Yes. Um, why? Why'd you? First of all, why'd you recommend it to us? And then give me your first impression. Um, so I think that,
0: uh, overall, this is probably one of the top films ever made. I would say. I would say. I guess. I guess how. Um. I'd have it probably in the top 25-ish. Your
3: personal top 25? My personal top
0: 25. Okay. Um, It is, uh, there's so much that's going on with the, I think that the direction in it is so stellar uh, and how everything is set up is really well and like it's got so much love and care behind every single shot and cut and choreography of everything. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just an incredible film and I think that there's a bunch of a bunch of scenes in this that specifically stand out as probably stuff that anybody, anybody can watch this and like pull something from it in their own personal like filmmaking that they're going to do or anything like that.
3: So. Um, okay, so second question: How, Did you really enjoy it? Is this just a film you like? I mean, I know you yeah, kind of put it. Yeah, it seems I mean, like you're talking a lot about it. its influence, its technical achievements. Yeah, but do you personally yeah. just I, like it?
0: I like it too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's very. Um, it's it's strange in that it's it's melodramatic, but at the same time, he pulls back a lot from the melodrama. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of got this balance that I don't think you really see. Uh, I I would say. I would put it on like a Douglas Sirk kind of thing except Douglas Sirk kind of pushes the melodrama even more. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's it's kind of like a restrained Douglas Sirk in my I'm opinion. i just going to pretend I you know. know what that means. Uh oh. yeah, he's a
2: he's a director, I assumed. Yeah.
3: All right, uh Tim. What's your impressions? How did you like this movie?
2: I liked it a lot actually. Uh I thought uh it was it was spellbinding for uh for pacing for me at least. Uh I uh noticed uh, we took a bit of an inter- intermission about halfway through the movie and i uh noticed like oh my god there's still like or there's there's not that much left i thought there was going to be a lot more to it um but uh i noticed uh from the beginning i just really enjoyed the cinematography every single frame had this really dynamic visual depth to it um uh that i just enjoyed quite a bit and uh hmm.
0: Yeah, there's another thing to it, too, that, uh, just to hop back in there, there's another thing to it, too, which I think that, and uh, I think it was George who said this about that sometimes films, uh, you get like, it's like an experience kind of thing. Like, you're not going to sit down and watch this film, like, over and over and over again. It's not made for that. Yeah, no. It's made for, like, watching it once, and then you'll remember this probably. Agreed. Like, yeah. 10, 20 years from now, you'll, like, remember.
3: This, uh, uh, so to me, I'll just give you my impression. I did enjoy it. I went roller coaster kind of with this. I, I first liked it. Then I thought it got really boring. Then I liked it again. Then it got boring. Then I, I ended up liking it. Uh, it's a fable to me. It really is. It's it, You might call it a folk tale. It, it totally is. It's like a cautionary tale. It's very, it's very, uh, speci- it's very, like, Typical and very in a lot of cultures, we have all this stuff where it's just like seminal. You know, these stories are probably like passed down for generations and generations, and then someone put them on film or someone wrote them down. It seems like that's that kind of thing that that folk tradition. Um, and I, I did like it though. I thought that it, it was a little bit overwrought in certain scenes. Like I felt like, like they kept circling back a few times, which is okay. I don't mind sometimes if you have to repeat the message, or repeat the idea for expository reasons or to kind of drive home a point. But it felt like they kind of did it like three or four times when it, you should have yeah. done it maybe twice. Yeah. That kind of bugged me. Uh, but apart from that, honestly, you're right. Every scene, every shot was so well-crafted. And even if I thought it was a little bit too melodramatic, it still wasn't, it was only in a few moments. And it was still just very classy in all of its cuts and all of its moments. Uh, But then the story itself was just honestly good. Like the characters were good. The acting was very good. you know, you were, you kind of mentioned one moment where you said it was Kabuki. Obviously it was like very over the top, mm-hmm. but I thought there was few and far between, you know, nice. there was only a few moments of that. There was really a lot of solid, like emotional moments. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, they were long, you know, like the moments where we had the suicide and where um, uh, he finds out his, you know, his mom's alive, all this stuff, you know, but they're just a little bit too long. But any, anyways, besides all this, I, I did really enjoy it. I thought it was Pretty, it held up pretty well considering it's from the 50s. jean Fa.
4: Um, well, most of my review has to be predicated on the fact that I hate foreign films. Um, just you, reading movies in general is something I just despise. Like, um, you know, it's one thing to watch an English movie with subtitles on, but to uh, not have any of the English to me is just extremely distracting um to me i can't enjoy the movie the way that i would like to because all of my attention is on the dialogue and you know trying to uh keep up with the reading is just extremely distracting i mean there was it's it's definitely a decent movie there are some good things it you know it was well shot but you know just for me i can't really get past uh or i can't get to the enjoyment of that because of the uh just yeah. the dis- constant distracting hurdle
0: i think too with that Maybe, um, see, I've watched a lot of foreign films. Mm -hmm. So I've gotten to where I can read without looking at the bottom of the screen Mm. while it plays in front. So it could be something that is a kind of like something that you train yourself for, you know? But I mean, if you want to do it, yeah. I mean,
4: (laughs) I I just, if if you're, uh, it would also help if you can read in general. I'm just not a strong reader. So that's just always been like an issue, which is why I've never. Um, really delved into foreign films because, you know, it was just too yeah. much of a pain in the ass. Um, what I did see, I did think was decent. I agree with Joey a lot though. The, um, uh, there is a lot of like ups and downs and like, there's some good moments, but then like a whole lot of like waiting for the next moment. Um, you know, it's, it's a sort of beautiful area to shoot in. So it obviously, you know, had that going for it, but, um, the, uh, yeah, I mean the, the story is something that is kind of surprising as well. Um, You know, there's – that is the one thing that I I do, I guess, miss uh, in life just because I Mm -hmm. don't go into the foreign movies that much. Just our Hollywood culture is so fucking happy ending, whereas this is – You know, this is a tragedy in the sort of classic sense of the the idea where, like, you know, kind of everything goes wrong. There's almost a kind of quasi-happy ending, but, like, you know, just the idea that, like, not everything works out for everyone. And that's just kind of life. And life kind of sucks. You know, that's something you don't get a lot in American movies. Yeah, life life is is a torture. torture. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Uh, I agree with everything you say, Sean. Um, I think... The the story. I mean, as far as the story, I love a good period piece. You know, I always love interesting look into the past, and it's always interesting when it's like you know the Americans making an American pet movie about the past, or Japanese making a Japanese movie, Germans picture. sure you know, and they're looking into themselves. So it's it is an interesting look at their own current culture.
4: Or the Last Samurai.
3: No, isn't that the <laughs> opposite? <It's> Americans <laughs> making a movie about yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways. Um, I think, one, it's interesting. There's a lot of interesting themes. Mercy is a huge one, obviously. Slavery. Um, I mean, but it is feudal Japan. And I wish I knew more about feudal Japan, because I was slightly confused with some of the power structure aspects. Obviously, we have governors, we have ministers, we have- Bailiffs. Bailiffs. uh, And then we have some private property concerns. Mm. So it was a little confusing uh, who has authority and jurisdiction over certain parts. So that was definitely something I wish I kind of had more background on to fully understand. And the
0: thing is, is, so they kind of, they had a class structure, but it would have been- more, I guess, after this film, I think, because I think it started in the uh, Edo or Edo period. Uh, it was a Confucian, I, th- I believe Confucianist based space, Confucian, uh, whatever his name is. It's confusing. Yeah, it's confusing. Confucian uh, class system in which on the top you had like samurai, uh, which I think this may predate, um, but you had samurai and like noble kind of people. Uh, and then under that were peasants, Uh, who like like farmers and things like that who were considered like in the second class below that was artisans who crafted things and then the bottom class was uh, merchants who actually didn't make anything but just sold goods to other people and stuff like that so that was kind of like the bottom rung so merchants would have been considered like the lowest class that you could be in Uh, but of course they also became the wealthiest. Um, but in this one, it seems like, well, I guess we don't get that many classes because we get kind of, we kind of see the upper class. Well, we get three, right? We see the upper class right. people and then we see the peasants as they call them. Yeah. We see some warriors. Uh, we see a druid. We see, uh, well, there's,
3: uh, yeah, but don't forget Sancho himself is a middleman yeah you yeah. know, the baili- bailiff answers to the minister, right, and but he obviously has control over his manner and the peasants and everything. So yeah. he's got his own little world, but it, it's interesting when Sancho has to suck up to that guy from yeah. Kyoto, yeah. The, you know the, the big head honcho guy. so you get to see a little different side of him. So you get to see them, you know, they all have their masters, I think, is interesting. Yeah. Um, that, but oh go ahead. I'm that sorry.
0: part no, that part's put in an interesting place, too, because it's right after we see him brand a slave. Right. That yeah. He yeah. has to prepare for this. And then this guy so we've seen him just brand this slave very coldly. And now he's getting like thanked by this guy about how good of a job he's doing. And then he's actually he gets to go like to, to some kind of places or whatever. Yeah. So uh yeah. So you were saying though, what were you saying?
3: Nothing really actually. I was gonna continue about the, the time period. I just think it's such an interesting time period that I don't know enough about. And it, to me they were the, the way it, it says it on Wikipedia was it's the Heian Payan period which is 794 to 1185 mm-hmm. which you were pretty much right on there Tim when you were saying 11th century which I guess is the exact time period here. So uh I, I mean I don't know enough about it, but it seems that it, again it's just aristocratic and mm-hmm. and there's, there's there's land structures but there's you know all the peasants have to work for a feudal lord basically. Uh but Sancho I guess is is a tax collector from what I get or he's some kind of you know, he's he he gets shit done. Yeah, he's a. I don't gets know my i wrong? wrong. Things made by the yeah. slaves, like yeah. a bailiff to me isn't like a a bailiff. I'm always thinking, you know, is in Judge Judy, it's someone who just. To me, know, I
4: thought it was the uh, sheriff of Nottingham. So okay, yeah, uh, that's, yeah I, that's, that's pretty, yeah, I think that's, that's probably Apt, fair. Yeah,
3: yeah, that is good. Yeah, um, but okay, so I guess we can talk more about that because I want yeah. to. Let's just go right into that. Why Why do you think it's called Sancho the Bailiff?
0: Um, so I think it's. Uh, it's this whole thing of the fact that, uh, well, Mizuguchi actually had wanted to make it just with him as the main character initially. And then, uh, I guess the studio didn't want to do that, so they wanted it to be the Zushio and Anju story, basically. Um, so, but I think the whole idea is that the that our world is, uh, these are the people in power. Sancho is like There's so many of them. These are the power people or whatever. And they're kind of like uh, the world's made of bailiffs, you know?
4: (laughs) Basically, that's what I think.
0: I don't know. What do you guys think?
4: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just like naming the movie after the villain. I can't... I was trying to think of like a, yeah. a comic book uh, version of that. I mm. I mean, like Venom kind of pops to mind, but yeah. like, yeah, it's not exactly that. But like, you know, it'd be like the the Thanos movie, you know? I can We'd- see
3: a version where the, where Sancho is the anti-hero, but he is such a villainous character that you're mm. right, like Thanos, it'd be tough to make a Thanos movie, mm. you know? call it. But it, I, I don't know. It's... Yeah, I think there's a deeper well, meaning here. I'm, that, I'm hey, just saying, ahead. like
4: the last Avengers movie, you could have just called Thanos. Like, it still would have been that same movie. And I think that's kind of like the, the 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 idea here is just like that is the big sort of figurehead. That is the big obstacle. That is like the 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 one thing that they have to overcome in this I movie. I think
3: you might be. I think th- calling it Thanos is actually more logical than calling it Sancho the Bailiff. <laughs> <in that way. laughs> um Sancho doesn't show up until, I don't know, 45 yeah. minutes into the movie. The first movie. mention of yeah. him. And he really, even though he is a villain, he's off screen so yeah, goddamn yeah. much. And he but really, his beard is
4: really fucking horrible. And he's honestly, he's all, <laughs> and even
3: in the, the sense of the movie, when he becomes a governor, Sancho is just one bailiff. He like, he talks about, um, you know, liberating all the slaves oh, in yeah, his yeah. province or whatever.
4: I'm sure they and all And Sancho is just one it. manor.
3: <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, he just has a personal thing with Sancho because that's where he was. It's, you know, obviously he, his, mm. He hates him and he's a horrible person. But, you know, he's all
4: politics is it local. Is,
3: I think interesting in that, yeah, it, it it is an example of Sancho. Is this an example of what it can what can happen when you have these power structures and you have someone taking advantage of it and, you know, treating his peasants evil, you know, just for the sake of, you know, moving up or looking good for his for his boss, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Which is, you know, again, very good story, good fable. Yeah. What is the
0: so let's let's talk about the story too because it's it's basically the whole story is it's uh the the father has to go away while
2: the kids and the wife um they're nobles though. Yeah, they're, they're like, nobles yeah. at the time. The, yeah. And the father's exiled in the beginning of the picture and right, okay. Right. I, f- I forgot about that. So he's exiled because he sh- He's exiled because he uh organized a uh a peasant he, revolt basically, or not, no, not a
0: revolt. He, he didn't want to send off, I guess, the people to- Or um, raise the
2: tax on rice.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. right. Didn't want
2: to send soldiers off to some war know. and uh, didn't want to raise taxes.
0: Right. So both those things combined. Mm-hmm. And he
3: knew he was going to be exiled, so he said goodbye to his family, had them leave by mm-hmm. themselves so they could, I don't know. It was a bad fucking plan, to be yeah. honest, dude. So, you know, good yeah. job. They
0: joined, oh, sure, uh, what was it? It was like seven <laughs> years later or something, True. I believe. It was like, there was some time passage there, by the way. Yeah, right? yeah. By Al um, Stewart?
3: Time yeah. and
0: then, uh, And then they're on the road, and then they basically, uh, there's an area where they can't stay anywhere. The lodging is illegal because there's like thieves and slave traders. So they trust a priestess. And then, uh, and then they
2: basically get separated. turns out to be a bad move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they get the priestess sells them out to local slavers, right. and uh, the mother and uh, her servant are separated from the son and the daughter. And uh, the son and the daughter are sold to obviously Sancho the bailiff, and uh, the mother's brought to this island called Sado to
1: be
2: yes. uh, sold to a different uh, slave owner. Yeah. And that's pretty much hijinks ensue.
0: Hijinks ensue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we see, we, it, it cuts a little bit back to the mother. Only actually one time we yeah, see but, what's going on with her. That so,
4: time. like before that happens, though, we, we do a 10 years later on the kids. Correct. So, are we to yes. assume that's 10 years later on the mother, too, or are mm-hmm. we flashing yes. back yeah. to? Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, we are. Okay.
4: I mean, it, I it, so. the, the timing just seems weird. Like why? Like I, I feel like that the actions that she took would have been something that would have been happened like as well, soon as I she. Well, I think it's like you said say that it. it's not the first time she did. Yeah, that they too. actually say the line is that this like is not uh,
0: you tried to run away again. Yeah, there's again. a line where she says that, yeah, so, yeah. or they say that to her. So. That makes sense. Uh, I think that's finally why they do what they I, do i them.
3: did miss some lines i for oh, sure i
4: missed a did. lot of lines
3: i think mm. which sucks is that i'm more with with sean and that i think i'm a philistine i i really have trouble I, I know i don't have trouble i can follow it i know what's going on but i know i'm missing stuff and it bothers yeah. me because i'm such a completionist so. yeah right exactly i i, I know i'm going to miss one line of dialogue and i and i'm like ah oh, fuck you're right that was t-
4: that the key line of dialogue yeah, that, that would that, tie that, everything
3: it together did. It, yeah. and uh, even we, if it we could
0: switch over to silent foreign films next, guys.
3: <laughs> so that'll, that'll fix that, right? Yeah, These talkies <laughs> are very difficult. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on to some of these characters and some of the acting from these characters. Okay. Um, my main dude, Z- Zash- Zashio? Zushio. Zushio. Liked him a lot.
4: Uh, yeah, he was uh, the, yeah.
3: The, both young and old in fact I wanted to say the young actors yeah yeah pretty good mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. fucking kid actors yeah, good job so. yeah oh, the acting all around was solid again
4: I thought there they, were a couple standouts but um, for
3: sure um, the,
4: there was but, some uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. his, uh, Derek referred to Kabuki theater acting yeah. um, like where they when they were uh, kids before the 10 years later they meet uh, another slave that like um I don't even really understand his purpose in the movie. He was like just there to like get their story out of him like he sits oh, you him mean down Tara in the barn son. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He's I'm sorry. The, son of, the Sancho. son of yeah, the son of San, Sancho, which like I I mean I I it seemed like he was going to ha- play a part in it and it seemed like he was going to like try and rescue the kids but then he just like disappears and never comes back for any reason like right that seemed like such see a weirdly him. wasted character just for like exposition from the kids that's true we see him later well, though, yeah when he comes I, I feel like
2: his character is redeemed a little bit when you find out that he's left his father's house and renounced everything that he could have had uh like on moral purposes and becomes a monk over in that uh temple I oh the name that was that it. guy yeah, yeah that was taro yeah uh,
4: yeah. yeah, I was watching the words. So oh, that, well. was the reason, that was the reason <laughs> that was why yeah, the he, like, <laughs> he, he basically yeah. saved him. Those were the end. words I missed then. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah that, I mean, that was an interesting commentary in that, you know, Sancho was such a dick that even his kid rebels against him, mm-hmm. you know? He yeah. used to become a monk. And, and that was helpful because he went to Kyoto and kind of gave him a little expository yeah. stuff about, you know, hey, go check out this dude from Kyoto and mm-hmm. you can maybe, you know.
2: And I think that's in keeping with the film's like kind of sacrificial egalitarianism. Um, How so? Uh, that that's the overarching theme that I personally got from everything. Uh, was that uh, in order to in order to be a good person, you have to give up like any shot that you have of being happy in this world.
3: It's an it's a it's a sad moral, and I don't know if I agree with it. Honestly, it was I very, kind of do. I, Life it is torture. Seems very, I mean, I'm very
4: know. Christian. It's,
3: it's, it is. It's very you know. It is. It's very sacrificial, and that kind of someone has to sacrifice for someone to be. Okay. Life yeah. sucks. No one dude. gets to be well, happy. You it's just sacrifice it's someone's. It's feudal Japan. It's medieval, whatever. You know, it's mm-hmm. gonna be shitty. Life is shitty. And it's especially shitty for women. That was clear. I yes. think, you know, especially yeah. in the first half of the movie, you kind of see how it what it was. Like she's like, you know, it, you know, women traveling by themselves, all this stuff, and you know, and how they're treated, and and even the way that she kills herself. She was just like, you know, I don't wanna be. You know, even a slave tortured and punished and raped or whatever the fuck, she she'd right. rather just herself. I
0: still think though she may had made that decision as soon as she told him just to run away by himself. Oh yeah, like yeah. she already had made the decision.
3: She seemed like, and it. it's
0: a it's a decision that she makes too. I it's, don't understand it. Yeah,
4: but I I, I, yeah.
3: I understand. I guess. From that cultural yeah. perspective, how it's it's almost it's it's a sign of bravery and courage. And you know, oh no,
4: no, I understand that. I don't understand why she didn't go with him. Like if she oh, was, I'm, I'm with you there. If she was going to, if she in that moment made the decision to kill herself regardless, mm-hmm. why the fuck wouldn't she just Hold on, go? Let's with just with say him? who she is because let's
3: she, explain what we're talking about here, because I just in case. Oh yeah, 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 so uh, 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 Zushio is going with his sister. What's her name? Anju. Anju to basically they, put this, the woman, Naka, Nakimi, Nak- Najimi, Najimi out to like get killed by the wild birds or out something. Pasture, yeah. Yeah, out like, to pasture. Yeah. Just, yeah, just putting just her, her, her on okay, yeah. the mountain. Take like oh, yeah. her yeah, to the there's mountain. A, there's
2: a slave woman, uh, Najimi, in the house. Was she the, uh, diseased or diseased something? Yeah. yeah, she was ill. Okay. And uh, uh, she was dying. So rather than let her just get sick and die in the little village that they were staying in or the compound, out of the... Yeah. Um, they... Uh, uh, Sancho uh, charged uh, Zushio. Zushio, yeah. sorry. Uh, Sancho charges Zushio with uh, bringing Najimi up the mountain to leave her to die out in the wilderness. And his sister comes along with him for reasons unknown to me. And uh, uh, it's, it's up here where uh, Zushio's kind of reawakened by a memory of his childhood with his sister and he's convinced right. to Chekhov's yep. branch. Yeah, branch. Branch. Yeah. branch yeah Chekhov's branch branch yeah Plan and he's to convinced off. to escape yeah and yeah. I think that the reason that she chose to kill herself or sacrifice herself uh, here is that like she, they wouldn't have escaped without that diversion you know what I mean and the cost of the diversion was right. that's the her sacrifice. life Yeah, yeah that's and a good it, point
0: and then it's she fun. would have admitted during the torture where he went because yeah. bamboo shoots under the knew. fingernails, like yeah. Um, going. There's also too the the fact which I actually had forgotten that the that the older lady we're led to believe lives, um, the one that yeah, they had taken he out yeah, of the yeah, yeah. She we're led to believe so so she also s- helped in saving that woman by doing what she did. So it was That's true basically two lives right. that she saved through her One's sacrifice.
4: For two. Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm, yeah, a, the
4: old lady's going to die soon, anyway.
3: It's just a very—I um, don't know. I don't. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't want to make cultural. I, I
0: still think it's a. I think it is a cultural thing, though. There's there's a cultural
4: aspect to Let's it because be honest, the way Japanese it's has shot, a lot
3: of suicidal tendencies. Yeah. The way it's
4: shot, that. there's a lot. Well, of. They just have a completely different. Uh, a view and understanding of suicide That's fair. yeah, like, it, it, yeah right? exactly like That's whereas we consider it like taboo and we consider it something that is completely dishonorable mm-hmm. then yeah. you know a lot of circum- like a yeah. lot of other cultures not just japanese consider it to be an honorable course yeah. of action and like, the individual yeah.
2: values certain things more than their life right you know yeah Um, Yeah, I'm not certainly not learned enough to speak about that. (laughs) Yeah,
3: well, there's something absolutely selfless and beautiful about it, and and uh, and the way they shot the suicide was very beautiful. It was very glamorous.
0: Yeah, it was. was, It was sad.
3: It was. It was like a funeral dirge or something. but it was very, you know, was in beautiful in many ways.
0: It's probably one of the top, top like the top two moments in the movie. I think that's one of them. Is that kind of because. It goes to like, um, just to quickly get into that since we're talking about it. Uh, it it's basically like a circle. Uh, there's a repetition of the circle image because it's through the branches and there's like a kind of circle on the closer shot. Mm. And then when she goes down in the ripples, there's the circle coming out. Then it cuts straight to after that, the Buddha. And then, like, and there's a circle there as well. So it's matching this kind of Buddhist concept. The movie is absolutely 100% Buddhist. Um,
3: they talk about reincarnation very explicitly. They, yeah. They, yeah. they say before that woman dies, you know, come back and as a better, yeah. better family. And
0: so they're matching the, the, I believe they call it Enzo. Enzo, it's a thing that they do in Buddhism. It's a concept
4: Ferrari? of... priority? No, uh, no, 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 no! It's like a concept of like a circle. I'm making a circle. The yeah. viewer, the he keeps listener drawing can't circles see in the it. Air. He's yep. been drawing circles for about the last ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> last
3: 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm doing real good circles. It's a t- circle. Is. It literally means circle. It literally <laughs> just means circle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those are more to it than that. Probably. Well, of course, it's a, it's a sacred yeah. symbol in the Zen school of Buddhism. It's one of the most common subjects of Japanese calligraphy even though it is a symbol and not a character. You may hear called the circle of enlightenment, the infinity circle, and even the lost symbol of Reiki. If you actually took the meanings of the two kanji symbols that make up the word, Enzo would translate as mutual circle or circle of togetherness. Hmm. There's a whole lot more here. I'm not going to read the whole essay. Feels yeah. like we're glossing yeah. Yeah. over yeah. some stuff. Right? No, I mean, sure, I'm just right. Well, we're not going to have time. To-
0: but overall, yes. Yeah, so overall, <laughs> the acting was good. Uh, I I want to talk a bit about uh, the how the how uh, the time period plays into this, right? Because I find that interesting. Because the the story that this is based on is a much older story, right? World War II had not happened. However, when this film was made, World War II had happened, mm-hmm. and it, and so there's a lot of kind of interesting kind of things I think that he's also playing with about this kind of cultural uh, identity that Japan had after this after this thing and um, oh, because pretty much everything in Japan was
4: influenced by fucking
0: yeah I well, can't yeah. and. I mean, anytime that you have like a, you have like this kind of slave thing in which terrible things are happening, you can't help but think of the concentration camp situations, right? And that at least that had to have played somewhat into his portrayal of that, I would think, you know? Um, another thing, too, uh, is that actually this is kind of a very personal area for him uh, because- Who's uh, him? Kinji Mizuguchi, the director. Okay. Um, because he, um, I guess when he was really young, I think he had a brother and a sister, um, and their family were, I I guess, either rich or middle class, but they lost a lot of money, and when they did, uh, his sister was actually sold to adoption, which actually means she went, she became a geisha, uh, and so there was this whole, like, and his dad was abusive to his mom, so he has this whole history of like kind of uh, his sister's sacrifice for that family. And so I think that that kind of plays into some of the stuff there. and I what's what's incredible to me is like to know that and then to see how all that is done. yeah, yeah. it's not mm-hmm. done he he doesn't do it like on the level, lo- like he, he does It's it- not malicious right. for like, for, yeah. for
4: having actually gone through that, like right. to not, to like show that with beauty and like reverence and like yeah. having some sort of like dignity and respect about it rather than just being like, you know, showing the putrid, putrid vileness of it. Right. Like all of that was implied, but like they, you know, there was always like a threat of rape, but there's never actually like, Uh, a direct indication. There's always like a threat of violence, but like the only real direct violence is like the branding and they cut away from it. You know, that
2: That might go back to the, to the cultural, uh, uh, like honorability of Mm -hmm. everything. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like choosing to be above showing how putrid it is and trying to try to find another way to, to draw that point. You know,
3: uh, I thought in many ways this was a feminist movie. Uh, yeah, the, and you, and you saying that makes me think a lot, not only of myself, but you know, of, of, it's just someone who's been raised by a single mother basically mm-hmm. who's who's all of their role models in life are women that you see in this movie all the saviors are women you know from you know, even if they're tragic characters, you know they really are. You know, the mother, the the old woman, the priestess takes them in. You know, Anju with her uh, Najimi. Uh, the
4: the men get redeemed, but the women yeah, they, stay pure. The men are yeah. kind of doing their right. thing.
3: I mean, obviously, Zushio has has an arc. He he obviously, you know, but he really is kind of just. Isn't that almost anti feminist though?
4: Like, isn't that almost like? Um, like putting them on this sort wow. of like goddess, feminism. like priestly uh, pedestal Maybe. sort of Maybe like, you're
3: right. It's first wave feminism. Y- yeah. Like not having
4: yeah. any sort of faults. Like they are, you know, the pure thing. It's and- a good
3: point. You're right. Um, you're right. And, and that's damn right. woke
4: card, bitch. Yeah. 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 Uh,
3: it, it's, yeah it's, it's first the kind of feminism that's the proto feminism after a culture of feudalism yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, empire. And,
0: and no, period.
4: no, for the time, it's definitely like. Yeah.
3: And I think, and he did
0: uh, yeah. other just, films too, apparently, yeah. of his kind of have a similar theme as this. So I, it, this one may not have that, but the others might. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't seen all of his films, I've seen Ugetsu. Uh and that's the only other Mizoguchi film I've seen. Are they related or Uh not really. What happened was he made uh three films uh in 3 years and all of them won at Venice, mm. which has n- not been done before that and has never been done since. Hmm. Um uh and it was like it was late into his career. We're talking f- I guess 52, 53, 54. Uh, this was something like his 80, 83rd film, I think, 80, 82nd, 83rd. Uh, he actually died two years after this film <laughs> got made. He completed a few more, but um, I think 86 total films that he made. I mean, yeah. Japanese directors were yeah, prolific. Yeah. Yeah. Most of those are, were lost, though, because uh, his silent era stuff
4: didn't, didn't survive. It exploded. Well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He said he considers, uh, the, <laughs> so, uh, I mean, most of the probably, film from yeah. those time periods, it burned up in fires yeah. and shit. Like yeah. it was all explosive.
3: Sorry. Uh, he said he considers his, the life of Oharu, Oharu his best movie. Oh, okay. I always find that interesting when directors say this is my best shit or what any artist yeah. says, this is my best album is my best, whatever. It's kind of interesting. I don't know.
4: Yeah.
3: I haven't seen it. Obviously I haven't seen any of these.
4: It says Pinkerton.
3: Um, I, I, so this was one I'm just interested also in the post war japan film era because this is obviously like new for them right they can't, yeah. they haven't had a i mean, maybe they had a film industry before the war, but it must have gotten really fucked over, yeah. just because of everything also every i industry. believe every yeah.
0: everything that was there that was made until fifty two uh if they were making a film, it had to be reviewed by uh by the American, like Americans. Oh, uh So this was actually probably one of the. This was probably his first film after that period. Ended. Yeah. First film where he could make pretty much whatever and it would be, you know, okay. <laughs> like, you know?
3: I think it's. It's interesting. I see this too cause I, I, in Korean films and in the, in the early Korean film industry was that they started with a lot of folk stuff and a lot of, the, you know, looking inward and their cultural stuff, which is smart because it, it builds an audience and it builds this like, you know, a solid foundation. And then you can start experimenting and do all their crazy, you know, shit. But at least you get the solid base for your filmmaking community. And I can see that here because it's not only is it, but it's experimental, and he's obviously an expert filmmaker, and you can see that in every shot. But, you know, we also have this kind of looking back and this understanding of what Japan was like and what it's like now. And I don't know. It's, 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 it's a cool way of uh, starting a film industry. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on.
0: Yeah. If we were going to cast it today <laughs> with, uh, let's do with American Actors. We're going to do a remake of it, right? We're going to whitewash it. Uh. <laughs> We'll just go with the folktale. Uh, uh, let's uh, Emma Stone. So who, Emma Stone is who? <laughs> I'm just joking. Emma Which Stone is the mom. How
2: many parts will Scarlett Johansson play? Yeah, that. was Yeah, cool. That's yeah,
0: struggle, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so so who do you guys think? I I mean I got a suggestion for Sancho, the bailiff. Okay. Uh, Matthew That's McConaughey. Cool.
2: Mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. I could
0: see that. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Got some I'm just, just branding just, this guy. running man. this just here just ranch brand. in
2: old school Japan, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you guys think? Uh, is uh, Chris Pratt the main guy? I could see that. Uh, He's kind of got the same kind
4: of pudgy face. Yeah, the pudgy face. Eh, and like I think Jake the-
2: Gyllenhaal in it. Jake, yeah, Jake, Jake. He's got that he ability could. to smolder.
4: Yeah, he can go a little yeah. bit dark too when he. Yeah. yeah, and then
2: you can, and then you can Maggie Gyllenhaal.
4: Oh, uh, 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 brother, sister, uh, nice,
2: yeah. good job, Gyllenhaals.
0: So I was gonna go Cusacks. Oh, the Cusacks. God, no. Now, that's a film. Fuck Joan Cusack.
3: Matthew
2: McConaughey. (laughs)
3: Matthew McConaughey. Joan and Joan Cusack. I want to know what you have against Joan Cusack. You said that like she pissed in your face. You (laughs) got (laughs) to run away. she pissed in my
4: face. I might be into it. But uh, (laughs) no, I I just, I can't stand her. Uh, For some reason, like when she's talking, she looks like she's trying to eat her own face. I just love Joe. She's Cusack. so great. I, I want to make John since, uh, <laughs> I want to remake candles. It, I want to
0: remake every John Cusack movie with John Cusack. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a Let's good do idea. It. Let's do that's it. It's
4: horrible. I feel you like know, you could do that, that or day.
3: that's like a good Super Bowl commercial. You At least do, like that, the biggest yeah. scenes. That, she's holding the jukebox. Yeah, she's, yeah,
2: she's in Con Air. Yeah, happens. she's got those. From, that's a different movie. That's a boombox. Say anything. It's Say a boombox. hold a boombox. Oh,
3: Jesus, I said jukebox. I'm yeah. I'm sorry. sound She's, guy.
0: she's tougher, though. She could, she could hold a she, jukebox. She is.
2: She's sturdy, man. She could be. <laughs> she's <laughs> the, <like>, the only <laughs> thing that's <of> jukebox. <laughs> Joan Cusack going through the win. Yeah,
0: yeah, I'll tell yeah, you what. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Wurlitzer, man. She's in, a, she's in that Shameless show, right? I saw that I recently. didn't see that one. I saw that recently, and she's like, uh, I was like, man, Joan Cusack, really, she really can hold her own, huh? The old woman that dies should be Kathy Bates. Ah, yeah. Could be. Solid. So, mm-hmm. so, f- so, uh, so wait a second. You want Chris Pratt? To be carrying to carry Kathy, Bates, Kathy through Bates through the woods.
3: <laughs> I, like I, li- I like that.
0: He's like trying, and her feet are just like <laughs> dragging <laughs> the ground behind.
3: I gotta say, I was impressed that that Zushi was able to do that. I yeah, like, that's pretty incredible. Did he not, was struggling a little bit.
0: You can
4: see. Yeah, he, you know, trying to. Grab I'm how
0: long are gonna
3: carry her for miles and miles?
4: It was it's
0: probably a long yeah, way up a mountain. No well, it's, less. It's it's yeah. a movie,
4: Joey. He doesn't have to do it for all the <laughs> miles. Like,
0: are you sure? Maybe Those are methods, some long though. takes though. Those are some long, long takes. takes shot. Yeah, shot yeah, on location. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so uh what about Joey's uh sound? Joey. My tell sound? us all about the sounds
2: of this movie. I actually have my own little oh Uh-oh. Joey first. T- Tim's got some sound news.
0: I, ca- oh. I, I want him actually. Right, well, cool. Hear it.
2: Yeah, let me make a fool of myself first because yes? I certainly don't know much about the sound. And I don't I, I don't want to speak to the actual sound design of the film so much as 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 to the score. Um, I think, uh, I think you guys mentioned earlier that there were some moments in the film that you thought dragged a little bit. And I, I would, uh, you know, I'm just going to venture a guess. Was that like the stuff that kind of happened in the slave camp?
4: Uh that's definitely a portion, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: It, it wasn't just one portion. Yeah, it was like three or four or five. It was moments. peaks and valleys. Yeah. The one thing
2: that I noticed that the only time that there was non diegetic music in the film was outside of the slave camp. And I, I was thinking about that mm. during the film, about mm. how like every time that you'd hear any sort of music, it, mm. it had like a strict diegetic uh, origin um in the story. And I thought, you know, like what a what what a great way to make the suffering of the slave camp feel very real, yeah, and very mm. much more like, uh, you know, give it, give it's it. It's not all. glossed
4: over at all. It's yeah, like,
2: it gives it a, a documentary reality. Yeah. You know, it's 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 grittier. You know, and perhaps that was the way that Mizoguchi was trying to uh, show the humanity of of what had happened to you know his own family.
3: It's also yeah. about perspective. So whenever you do diegetic music, you're immersed. So it's it's always about saying, do you want the audience? with the characters or viewing the characters and it's that mm. sometimes it's that simple you, if you want them feeling what it's like in a slave camp give them diegetic music you know yeah. if you want them you know feeling this is a romantic comedy that we're looking at two people falling in love give them non diegetic music yeah.
2: and but, i think he played with that line between diegetic sure. and non diegetic music sure. really really well you know especially in the uh, the transition between the two scenes of uh, you know hearing the the girl singing it in the hut to when right. we cut to uh, his mother over on Sato
4: yeah. I think what Tim was getting at though is that like most directors probably would have still mixed it up. Most directors probably wouldn't have like stuck to only diegetic sound in the the slave camp. Like, and I sure. think that really, I, I think he's right. I think it did really add to the the realism and the sort of, um, I don't know, the despair of what it was supposed to be without, again, getting too like in your face and like gory and gritty. Mm-hmm.
3: For sure. Yeah. It's also, you know, ahead of its time in many ways, you know, that's, that's kind of a, a modern thing that he's doing in the fifties.
4: Uh, I, well, I mean, I, I, I would venture that that's still a lot from the, I, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about the history, but my understanding is a lot of like the stage history of Japanese theater would be similar sort of tactics. Like you're how not, do
3: you play with whether it's diegetic or non-diegetic in a, in a theater? Just as,
4: I mean, there's a band. <laughs> like there's either people on the stage playing music or the, it's coming from the orchestra pit like, oh, okay. but that's like not, that's well not no i'm I'm just saying like the the simplicity of like you know having to uh you know you don't just cover the stage in blood, so you think you have other more subtle ways of showing these sort of things
3: uh, I agree Sorry. I think uh. The reverb is a big deal. They don't. They don't have the use of reverb after before the '40s, really, or even in the '50s. Is really primitive reverb. We start getting spring reverbs and plate reverbs. The technology to make any sound sound like it's coming from a distance, which is very you know a big deal. And that, that now it's a fucking click on Pro Tools, but yeah. it's a big deal back in the day. Uh, anyways, um, I love the music too. I thought the music was a lot just beautiful Japanese traditional instruments and mm-hmm. just. You know a lot of really great uses, and even of small glissandos. You know, you you didn't realize it, but they're they're somewhat increasing in t- in pitch. And I think that people forget that glissandos, even though we're talking about it in terms of Western music, and it's an Italian word, and it's a Western thing, it's a common thing. And they've actually done a lot of studies where they do a lot of these things like glissandos and crescendos, and they've and they've given these pieces of music and these cues to um, like Aboriginal tribes, tribes in Africa, tribes in the Amazon. You know, without you know, other human contact, and they feel the same way. So, you know, you can increase the pitch on anyone and they will automatically feel tension increasing. So it is an internationally universal thing. So no matter what music you're listening to, you can always have that little, you know, tool in your pocket. Um, They also did a lot of interesting, like, high-pitched whines, a lot of, like, instrumentation using drones, using, like, just single tones, which was very modern you know it's very very ambient style almost Hans Zimmer I'm gonna have one tone going if you guys ever seen the horrible movie Irreversible that's kind of the same thing with one similar tone going on you see Irreversible
2: I've not been put through that I don't think it's a
3: quite the ordeal but whatever it's got and it's trying to make you feel uncomfortable so it has one tone kind of in the background underneath everything yeah. Not like that train. Um, one more I thing. I thought that was a button, Sean
2: pressed for a second.
3: <laughs> <laughs> train coming through Joey's. Yeah. It was just the editing was fantastic. The sound and the, the camera coming together, the a lot of J cuts, a lot of wonderful, you mentioned the diegetic stuff, a lot of drums that you would hear just adding tension to the scene. All of a sudden you realize, oh, okay, we're 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 coming to a scene that where there's gonna be running and action. So it really did a lot of like. Setting, setting you up, using sound design and instrumentation and drums to set you up. The alarm itself, like the, just the guy hitting a, you know, a wooden block, mm. yeah. just really just added tension and broke up silence and, and, and gave it so much to the story. I, it was just so well done in all these little moments. It wasn't, it wasn't overdone. It was subtle. It was diegetic in some moments. So I love that.
0: I noticed too, kind of, uh, so that, that flute thing that they play like right at the end, that really, really high flute, pitched. Yeah. Uh, it's apparently a no-con, I believe, hmm. is the name of it, and it's used normally in like kabuki theater. Um, and I noticed that it the first time we hear it is when the the dad, like their dad, is traveling away. Um, and so I feel like at the end they're kind of bringing that that may hit like oh, sure. that's kind of the theme his theme, and they're kind of bringing all of it together because it doesn't it feels weird because you've got. It's a little kind of off almost because you've got that flute and you also have yeah, like dissonant. the – Yeah, Slightly so, dissonant for sure. so I think that it's basically saying that even though – it's supposed to give you that feeling that even though the two of them are there, all four of them are there, you know? I agree. Mm. I also
3: thought – and maybe this is reading too much into it, like everything, mm-hmm. but that final shot where it's cut over until you see like the the valley and the yeah. two kind of islands – and that was that final moment where you you fade in fade into black. Uh, right. that was kind of symbolic of that kind of separation between them. And yeah. also it like life and death kind of thing yeah. too. You know, he, the father and the 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 daughter are are you know are, are dead. I'm sorry to make sure I was right? And then yeah. the son and the mother are still alive. Uh yeah, it was it was great just uh, Yeah.
0: I, I the thing I like too about that last shot is uh they have like the seaweed collector guy. Yeah. So there's this thing that like this huge Like, we just watched this huge, like, probably one of the best ending scenes in cinema, probably, it would be up there, uh, that occurs, like, the son finally finding the mother. Uh, And we've just seen this, like, emotional moment for both of them. Like, what, some 17 years in the making, something like that? And here's this guy who's just doing his work, completely unaware that over there that happened, you know? Uh, And so it's... That's kind of an interesting thing to end on because you also have him doing that and then it's those big two other natural hills that you've got in the background. Uh, so I, I get that kind of feeling of uh, him building his own hill. <laughs> it seems what that kind of, I kind of get. That's interesting. Like out of hmm. the nature or whatever, you know. Um, and I find that
4: kind of interesting. I don't know. I but totally yeah. identify with Seaweed Guy. You seaweed. identify with seaweed. seaweed. Just pushing
2: Do seaweed. Doing your own thing. There's a bunch of seaweed. shit happening over there. To me, but, uh, at least, the uh, I kind of I didn't get like him building his own hill, but rather him being you know representative of of the larger uh, man, like larger uncaring mankind yeah. that, yeah. that Mr. Yeah. was. you know, True. not concerning himself with with what's right. going on nearby. Not
4: the problem in front of you is not the only ignorant problem of it, but yeah. just not
2: concerned with it because right. it's not his problem. Yeah. You know, uh going back to uh there was a a quote that Taro said it in, in the temple and if I tried to remember it I'm going to fucking butcher it. But uh That's
0: okay. No, it's it's something about the fact that uh well basically Taro had tried to get people like he tried to like get them to do something about the mm-hmm. way uh the way uh Sancho was treating yeah. the people there and then he basically says that if that basically people don't care if human, it doesn't. yeah.
2: Human hearts d- don't concern themselves with things that don't directly affect them. Yeah, you know, and yeah. maybe that's what yeah. uh, that's, that, that's what I got from, yeah. from the seaweed feller. That's and that's apt. That's very uh, that's very yeah. accurate.
4: He's my spirit animal.
2: Yeah. Oh, there guy? you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, Sean yeah. would have been a great. Sean bayless, don't care.
4: You know, wouldn't have been. You know, good. That's a moral word, but great. Yeah, you know, you, you been, don't give your slaves knives. I mean, that's just rule number one. Yeah. He didn't
2: even use the knife.
4: He I know. Well, that's well, um, that's restraint <laughs> is what it is. And that's
2: what American cinema's missing.
4: It's very true.
3: I got a little Game of Thronesy references when Sancho does the branding himself, kind of like how Ned Stark mm-hmm. wants to do the mm-hmm. executions yeah. himself. Passes the yeah. But also so, it's Larry also Theon Greyjoy, you know, because uh, we have Zushio kind of the slave or you know, the the person he kind of just buys and steals and becomes his own personal protege. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah. He took his own slave and made him his second in command. Yeah. Uh, to, 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 to just finish up with the sound, uh, I love the moments where, and you guys mentioned them, where we cut away from the branding or something, and we hear just the screams. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sizzle. Yeah, and this, we didn't hear really a sizzle too much. It, it was, was a little bit. It was very small. Right. I could have used a little more Foley here, but that was understandable. But uh, what did you guys think of the screams?
0: uh i thought it was i thought it was effective for me like the fact even though i was not seeing it i felt like it sold that like this thing was i felt like one of them one time was a little off
2: of when the guy pressed it down yeah
0: but other than that um i'm like
2: your mind is always going to do a better effect than somebody's going to be able to do practically i think that's that's a great
3: that's the point i was trying to make in that it's such a good lesson for young filmmakers and people who are just starting up is that you don't yeah. have to shoot everything. You don't you know? have to show
2: it, yeah. yeah.
3: And it's, sometimes it's so much better. I always show this scene when I, in the, when I'm teaching sound design uh, of Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal Lecter is kind of breaking out of his cage and all of the crazy action, him hitting the dude's head against the back of the cage, you know, him, you know, the basically killing these two guys, Uh, it's all off screen and it's all done with sound design and it's even grosser and scarier when you hear him biting
2: the dude instead Mm -hmm. of seeing him biting Mm -hmm. the
3: dude. And uh, you're right, the imagination is just always that much. There's something
2: really powerful about like just showing a doorway and suggesting what's happening beyond it. Mm
3: -hmm. And again, it was just very classy. Just this movie has a lot of classy moments, I thought. And I was, yeah, I was just surprised at the the, the well done editing and the smoothness of it. Anyways, okay. I'm done with my sound bullshit.
0: Let's move
4: on. <laughs> so let's move on to uh, camera. To camera bullshit. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. Uh, no, as Joey was saying, I mean, it's it's classy. It's a, it's a well-structured, well-made movie. It's, you know, well shot. Unfortunately, I didn't get to enjoy most of it because I was fucking reading it. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, what, what you did see, let's say. Let's <laughs> yeah, talk about no, that. Um, it is, like I said, it's it's well-crafted. Um, unfortunately, the, uh, the digital conversion uh, left quite a bit of artifacting uh, that was bothering me. Um, but yeah. uh, beyond that, I mean, it looked like they cobbled together some uh, decent prints and smoothed it out quite a bit, so it is certainly watchable. Um, I, visually, it has, like, almost a a stagey feeling to it. Like, a lot of... It looks like it's all location. There might have been, you know, some stage stuff in there, Mm -hmm. but, like, the lighting itself just feels very, like, you know, uh, almost, like, I love Lucy-ish. Like, it's very bright everywhere. It's very, like, everything is... I don't want to say overly lit, but, like definitely not film noir yeah it's certainly not a dark film at all yeah Yeah. it's it 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 has the the feel of a much like happier or the look i should say of a much happier movie i think yeah but it has a um uh the the camera is very restrained though so it's just uh the camera is in the right place to show you the thing that you need to see um it's not crazy all around. Uh, There's some very subtle movements that seem to be motivated and seem to like work in the moments. I don't think the cinematography necessarily drew attention to itself as much as it like was putting you in the place. So there was a lot of like use of foreground and middle ground and background to like, you know, make you feel like you were almost an observer in a lot of it Mm -hmm. it's a lot of like sort of you know peeping tom-ish sort of stuff where you're like you feel like you're another slave in the camp a lot of times you feel like you're you know watching through the blind or through the like windows and shit with people so yeah i mean it 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 does a good job of like of i think putting you in the in the story in the the area without Mm -hmm. like really being noticeable which i find uh sorely lacking in most of today's cinematography mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. i think you know too many dps are out there trying to show off and spin the camera as much as possible Where like just putting it in the right place to show us the fucking story is your job yeah
2: yeah i feel like he worked really hard in this to make uh the technical aspects of the film as unsuggestible
4: yeah. as possible yep you know? It's a lot of work so to make it look like nothing happened. You're, right. Yeah,
2: and you know that that probably goes to the lighting as yeah, well. You know definitely. why it's so bright and so you know it it's not to suggest how you're supposed to feel, but rather to show you everything you need to see. Yep. And you know the the viewer is then expected to make their own mind up.
0: Yeah. There was a lot of uh, I I do like a lot of the times in which because you there's some long takes in it which you don't like if you're watching it and you're not paying attention you you feel like he's cutting mm-hmm. because it does deal a lot in that depth there's a lot of situations in which like so specifically there's one where um uh where the mother basically uh she after they drag her back after she tries to run away uh that she's initially like kind of uh we see through these bars like she's kind of up in probably a medium close up uh and then And then she falls over to the ground when they, basically they cut her Achilles tendon. Mm -hmm. Um, She falls over to the ground. And when she does, it's like perfectly framed to get the reactions of the people. Mm -hmm. And all of the people were like, we see their reactions to this. And that is what sells that moment. That and her scream, that's what sells the moment. And it's like much more powerful in that way, you know, Definitely a lot more powerful, and that reframe thing where suddenly we've got like kind of bars around these people. Like, yeah, there's a lot of interplay of like bars, like the gates are the mm. gates are always. Yeah, like everything's framed. Thing. Everything's We're, caged. Yeah. yeah, everything's framed. We see uh, we see uh, the the woman who witnesses Anju's suicide. Mm. Uh, she's kind of we see her through a doorway in the gate as she's praying, uh, giving that feeling that she's still stuck there too, kind of. Uh, I I think there's a lot of that kind of going on. There's a lot of repetition of circles. There's a lot of repetition of certain shapes to it.
4: One of the other moments that stood out to me, just kind of like in a example of just the restrainedness of, you know, the camera usage, uh, the scene where the the bailiff first meets the, I think it's the governor before, uh, the original governor. Mm -hmm. So he's like sitting on the ground cross leg and the governor is like sitting up a little bit higher from him. And there's a moment where, like, he gets excited because the higher-up guy says that he might invite him to Kyoto or something, and he gets, like, excited and just kind of shuffles a little bit closer. Mm -hmm. I feel like so many directors would be just, like, automatically into an extreme close-up on that. But to, like keep the camera back and just like let us see him in that world and like see how small he is compared to mm-hmm. everything else and just kind of like that that dichotomy between them and then like yeah. when he shuffles back to yell at his other characters like just that like six inch movement really told us everything we needed to know about that character like right. he's diminutive to this guy but he's also in charge of these guys and just like the way those little mm-hmm. movements happen like yeah i don't know i think I, it was really nice
3: i agree i i would like to know what's on the cutting room floor. Because it seems like he, I don't even know if he does coverage, but it seems like he picks a shot and it's a fucking great shot and mm-hmm. he does it. And he does it really well. And you're right. It tells a story, really covers everything. Then, and I, there was only a few moments where I was like, hey, can you flip around? I kind of want to see that, that person's <laughs>
4: right, yeah. face
1: looks like. <laughs> yeah.
3: But, you know. it
4: It's a well-constructed it, master. Yeah, like,
3: exactly. It's like.
4: And that's one of the hardest things to do.
3: Yeah, and it was clear that it would put a lot of thought into every composition of the shot and the blocking and the Mm -hmm. the choreography and all that stuff. So it wasn't bad with it. And it was really only one or two moments where I was like, just flip it around, kind of see the face. That's all. (laughs) I want to see a little over the shoulder, traditional over, over. But other than that, not really. Be, I, you're right. I thought it was fascinating because I did not notice a lot of the long takes. It seemed like it was well broken up, and it was just kind of we're moving. Here's the shot. Yeah. We're moving into another frame, and here's the shot. Rather than this constant liquidy, flowy movement thing.
2: Right. Yeah. There were a few wonders that you pointed out, like during the film. It's like, oh shit, this is a wonder. Yeah. yeah. Right. There yeah. was a few times where I was so surprised. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, there's also like another scene that I really liked uh, that he did something visually that that you can kind of take from now. Uh, but it was actually, it's more, I guess, with the blocking, um, the scene where Zushio and Sancho meet when Zushio is actually now the, uh, the governor, the next meeting of the governor. Exactly. (laughs) So, so Zushio is initially seated Mm -hmm. and above Sancho and Sancho is below him. And then Zushio kind of once, once Sancho realizes that Zushio is who he is, he stands up. Mm-hmm. He's then above him. Yeah, and then we go later to where Zushio stands up, who actually ends up being a little shorter than him, but at least he's <laughs> got the tall hat. You yeah. know. so he's actually he is Mr. Hat now. He's Mr. Hat. So, uh, but but he actually stands up and then gets face to face with him, and that kind of blocking gives kind of that concept of the sure. characters when mm-hmm. they're in control, or I'm doing stuff with yeah. my hands. Again, yeah, guys. So I'm <laughs> ups, and opera, and, ups and downs. Ups and downs of. Yeah. And so I, this is one of those times in which probably like he's, I don't know how, I don't know if it had been done before this or if he is establishing that in this, but it is, it is definitely very early in cinema to probably be doing that kind oh, of God, thing. Oh
4: God, no. Upstaging is from you fucking think up, Shakespeare, man. Well, like, yeah. Th- I mean, th- that's just a concept that evolved into but I mean, cinema, but like yeah. that, that's definitely Within nothing new in this movie. I mean, yeah. that, that's that been done since fucking movies were movies. Yeah. yeah movies are movies. still something to oh know, no take it's, away yeah, as yeah, a young filmmaker exactly, sure. and it's definitely yeah. something that we don't i i especially young filmmakers don't, don't understand do or mm-hmm. utilize mm-hmm. as much like they would just literally put them at two at a table talking and really fucking,
2: yeah yeah, wasting the opportunity to play with power you know visually in the scene
4: exactly, yeah, yeah. I, I mean you know filmmaking is a visual medium if they're just gonna sit at a table and talk, it might as well be a radio play, <laughs>
0: yeah, like <laughs> that's true, yeah, um, so uh my last thing about the camera real quick is I understand that the Miyagawa who shot this, who did, uh, he did some other films you may have heard of called Rashomon and and a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of, well, yeah, a whole bunch of like really famous Japanese (laughs) films. Uh, So, he he used to do this thing where he would paint the leaves black to Mm -hmm. get the maximum contrast in a scene. Mm. Uh, And so, I feel like there were a few times in which like he had totally done that. And you could kind of tell because like the leaves were very dark against Man. the, against like the, specifically the, the scene where she goes down into the water is, is like, there's a big contrast between the two. Well, that's yeah, another
4: thought, thing. Paint leaves. Well, yeah, I thought that w- <laughs> that shot specifically, like you pointed it out while we were watching it and it didn't really occur to me, but yeah, the, the leaves were like almost going, I guess like the closest thing, bringing this to the film noir that like mm-hmm, you would mm-hmm. normally think yeah. it should yeah. be. Like everything is still like bright beyond the leaves, but the right. leaves are just kind of like creating this sort of like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm making a circle hand thingy. And it was but, certainly <laughs> yeah. one of the most dramatic moments in the yeah. film. Vignette. So, That's yeah. what I'm going
2: for. And I think too, I think yeah, too yeah. it's
0: interesting to pay attention to those kinds of things too, because it might just have been, it might not have been even like, he's like, oh, I really need to paint these leaves black for the contrast. He may say, well, I've, the light behind this is so bright yeah, yeah. that we would see through those leaves, yep. and that's not as effective. Mm. Uh, and so that may have been why he did it to begin with. So, yeah, yeah.
3: Maybe. Um, oh, one more thing about, it. and I, yeah. I know this is lame, but the shot with, with the of her going in the water, and then the shot at the after with the bubbles. What'd you think of that? Because that kind of
2: threw me when you're just looking what at way? the
3: water and the bubbles come up. I don't know. I was like, it took me out of it. I don't know why.
2: It, oh, see, I was kind of focusing on the on the, the ripples, you know, the circles of, of water rippling well, that's away, very deep. you know, and what that might have suggested. And I also was, uh, it reminded me of a shot from a film that I saw uh, this year. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, uh, You Were Never Really Here. No. Oh, no. Is that the, what's his I name? I did, which oh, shot is it? Uh, the, the scene where Joaquin Phoenix carries his mother into the lake.
1: Oh, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I, I wonder if I wonder what the you know if the director maybe took something from Mizoguchi uh, when maybe. he was when yeah. he was concocting Could that. Be. But uh, have
4: you guys know. seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? No. Uh, there's a bit of that in there too. You'll oh, so yeah. Check that we... out. It's a good one. Okay. Cool.
3: Yeah. Well, anywho. i yeah. uh,
4: No, I. The. I don't know the. I, I. For some reason, I was really thrown by the fact that like water is their biggest nemesis like can no one swim in this movie yeah I, like yeah. just going into like do do they not float at all like is it like the way that their costumes were that we like we yeah, just assume they that they would swim. have been dragged down well no i'm just like is that a common thing like where it was that culturally they just didn't learn to swim or is it like the costumes mean? at the time to- Like Like, they literally just walked into the ocean and died. That's not something that normally happens.
3: No, I mean I think it's very old school. It's very Greek. It's you know it's it's how they it's how you would often portray suicide in Greek tragedies
4: too. So it's it's very. I guess my question is is that more of a realistic portrayal or is that like an artistic envisioning of a suicide?
3: I think
2: it's.
4: I would say both, probably
3: the latter but, more so than the former. Yeah. It's. I think it's both. Yeah. It's definitely artistic, but you can. It was a, people do kill themselves like that.
2: I personally just saw it as a as a a good way to you know show that uh, like you, you were talking about that Enzo and and it, I'm really butchering a lot of cultural stuff here. Oh but, God, um, I'm sure we all are. Um, uh, that you know the the circle of everything and how it's all intertwined and such. Um, that's what I was getting from her walking into the water and then disappearing into the ripples, you know, circling out away from her as she, you know, emanated back into the world.
3: Yeah, and I think it's definitely possible for sure. <laughs> I, I there don't is know.
0: definitely a, a theme of water in it too, like yeah. as a thematic element, because you've got first the river, which is the yeah. thing that divides them. Which I thought like, it was
4: going to turn into the bird box,
0: but right. So. <laughs> and then, uh, and then you've got, of course, the lake that that she drowns in and then you also have uh the mom who goes to basically down to the beach and and calls across the water. Mm. Um so it's kind of this it, it it is like a thing to be feared. There's two there's two water deaths in the movie because the other is the servant. Yeah, the servant lady. that yeah who
4: uh, just gets who, knocked into the water but, and, and that we just don't see it. Exactly, it and that was kind of my point too. Like, she just went into the water and we assume, oh, she's in the water. She must die. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I, just, I think yeah. It's, it is artistic
3: in that sense because it's also like the water is the separation between this life and the afterlife kind of thing. I guess thing. the thing it's that, that yeah, bumped
4: true. me the most is because, like, that scene when they are first abducted there, they're literally, like, two feet into the water and they're screaming about their kids and there's, like seemingly no reason they couldn't jump off the boat at that point. But like, I, I don't know, it just seemed... That's more of a way they shot it, I think. Yeah. I, I guess.
0: I mean, they, they they work across like the, like she tries to go, like she tries to go towards the Boatmen and you know, yeah, uh, I I just mean they fight with them somewhat, but I I know what you mean. They jump over the over the side.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like if the, I guess it it just kind of solidifies that the water is supposed to be this like ultimate end, like almost you know lava. Once you go in, yeah. yeah. Once you go in, you're not coming back out, sort of thing.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. You know, don't forget, you know, in whatever feudal Japan, there wasn't this. There was a huge fear of the water. You know, they. They, they were on islands. They, uh, they, I
4: feel like if you're an island culture, you might think about swimming.
3: Well, they you know it's swimming, but it, it's, it's just the unknown. It's just, you yeah, don't, yeah. you know, you've never been anywhere else. <laughs> you know,
4: you, fucking Cthulhu's out there, man. What are you going
3: to do? I mean, just traveling to like the next island over is a big fucking deal. I'm True. sure in 1100 or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so if we were going to tell a
0: story about like, since this is kind of like a old folk tale mm. kind of thing, uh, imagine we were going to do, a uh, a movie version of an American folktale. What what would you guys pick? Five of Goes West.
2: Fine film. Mm-hmm. Fine film already made. Film. Mm. <laughs> already made. Maybe I'm just drawing a blank here, but I can't think of, like, do we have fucking folktales? Well, I it has we to have. be very. We've dumb. got Paul Bunyan. We've got. Uh, yeah.
4: um, I mean, the Fountain of Youth is kind of us because it's in is Florida-ish. It? I mean, there is like you know part you it's know
2: a, more of a Spanish. Thing, well, they it,
4: there there's a lot of mythology around it being in Florida or found in like Cuba and the shit like armpit that. of the world. Exactly, here. yeah. No, no, uh, offense, New, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> That's fine. I'm sorry,
3: no New Jersey's armpit.
4: Destin's a nice. There's place. a lot
0: of there's a lot of armpits in in the world. That's true. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Would the Donner Party be considered folklore? I guess, maybe so. I mean, do do truth are true things folklore, I guess, is the question. Uh, If they're
3: stretched enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
4: Johnny Appleseed? Yeah, and again, that's like, there's seeds of truth in there, but there's, I mean. yeah, Yeah.
2: Just like I'm sure there's seeds of truth in Sancho the Bailiff, you know? Yeah, I think all uh, the Tall Tales. Paul Bunyan? Paul Bunyan? Paul Bunyan movie? Pico Spill. Didn't (laughs) they they make a movie about (laughs) Paul Bunyan? Tall Tales? It's called Tall Tales. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of a picture.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um no but honestly I think the American folktale stuff has to do with slavery. So it's going to have to be like yeah. Uncle Tom's Cabin, Huck Finn, or even like a, obviously a 12 years a slave or something like yeah, that. We just don't have or, a whole
2: uh, lot the Oscars uh, uh, last year. Uh, my cousin Emmett, that was a fantastic uh, retelling of uh um the young fella uh Emmett Till that got abducted in Louisiana or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Abducted somewhere in the south for uh, staring at a, at a white woman, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah.
4: killed um, Again, I don't know that I'd consider that a folk tale as much as like yeah. Yeah, well, it's it's a dark well, portion thing, yeah. of history. Like, well, it, yeah. it
3: is, but I think don't forget it. I think in the, to me, it's it's the message here. It's it's yeah. the message well, of Sancho, the Band. I think it's a folk tale. I then. think
4: like two hundred years from now, when that like. Story structure gets applied to like fictional characters. I think that becomes a folktale. Okay, I think
2: if anything, then maybe America's not old enough to have. That's kind of
4: what I'm thinking. Like we have very few. We have. I mean, we are a young nation, uh, like geologically or geographically speaking. America,
3: exactly. We can't. We can go
4: back to Native folklore and talk about the
3: Bible. Is really what
4: you have to talk about. Yeah, I mean, ours is all European folklore, and well, that's To be honest,
3: that's our fables. Those are our folktales. But I mean, our, I say that you like as a bunch of. Judeo Christians which is a well, whole the, I mean, bad thing to say in re-
4: regardless of yeah. your yeah. religious views the bible is a uh, a plethora of uh folk tales and storytelling like there are tons of stories that can be derived from there um you know i mean just the whole idea of the the archetypes like there's only like 12 characters and only like what 12 stories or whatever the numbers are mm-hmm. like so you know pretty much all of those stories are contained somewhere in the bible you can extrapolate them into pretty much anything you want.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah know? I, think, I mean, just look at Darren Aronofsky, man. <laughs> Noah was weird. What a guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I am kind of jealous
3: of, and this is a random thought, of cultures that have such a deep history. Not that, I, I mean, I guess if I could go back to Jewish history because I'm Jewish, but you know, um, just America. We have such a. We can't really go back a yeah. thousand years and say, "Okay, we can go to this city and look at the ruins." We and can, this but there's a couple
4: of genocides before that. Yeah,
3: it's a, we could look at the Native Americans, but that's not quite the same. That's not my, you know, what I'm saying. It's, it's just interesting to be able to I live mean, in that, Japan or live in France and say, "Okay, I'm going to go to Versailles and see what happened I mean, a thousand years ago." That's mm-hmm. all. I'm trying the,
4: to say. But there was still tons of migration across all of Europe as well. So just because you are now French doesn't mean that you have any connection to any of the folk Mm. tales of France. That's a good point.
3: You're right. I don't know. Yeah. No, you're right. Modern countries are not the yeah. medieval countries they were. For sure.
4: the the genetic representation and makeup is not. I'm a, not talking any... genetics. Well, I, I just mean that
3: you're right. Anything's if you're going to talk about
4: lineage, if you're going to talk about like you not being Native American, so we can't right. you know talk about their stories. Like, I don't know. That's like the story of the land. Like sure. that is. But if
2: you're in you're in, if you're in modern day France, you still share that French culture. Whereas like we're in America, but we don't share the culture of Native Americans because. Uh,
4: Shouldn't we? I believe we should. I don't believe <laughs> like, we do. No, we... we Well, we are starting to. We appropriate
3: uh, is what we do. We name our football teams out. In 100%, that hundred percent. Well, yeah, yeah that's you a know, certain in, certain in entirely thing.
2: cosmetic ways or uh, ways that scratch us. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say necessarily.
3: I no. don't think we're really... Uh, <laughs> did service to the culture of Native Americans. No, uh, yeah.
2: That's
4: no. for well, sure. suppose that would be the crux of what I was <laughs> getting
3: at. Of course not. I just, uh, I don't think there's any way we could... It's kind of that it's that simply
4: way. defining it as a culture is like kind of ridiculous in and of itself because it's, it's fractured. It's different. many different yeah, cultures. Sure. It's, yeah, it's exactly. you know, many different religions. It's it's like as varied as Europe, just they didn't write shit
0: down.
3: Like Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know,
0: and and they don't... so. It would be nice to be able to have like an old folktale that is ours that could be applied today and actually reference something current going on, you know, or at least recent. When you say ours, you mean
3: America's? Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, it would be nice. It's actually
4: in theaters now called The Kid Who Would Be King. Um, Isn't that British?
3: Isn't it in a Stone? It's literally, it's
4: Arthurian legend told in current times with pretty much everything you're talking about like all i mean it's not a great movie but like they did try and jam all of that like social relevance into like the you know previous do you think satire makes makes
0: the closest it makes it more palatable it makes the probably the closest reference that we can do right movies like network stuff like that where Mm -hmm. we're telling a story that actually means something grander
4: than what it's what is being told
3: yeah, I think that's the modern fable. That's okay.
4: that's sci-fi. I mean, that's, you know, the um the idea of being able to tell people what's going on without actually telling them what's going on. So, you know, that goes back to the, you know, sort of like this this evolution of like if you look at the sort of sci-fi cinema from different periods they all sort of reflect what was culturally going on at the time mm-hmm. so like in the 50s and what now we had like a lot of the pod people and like people were afraid that communism was going to take over and they were going to like figure out you know how to you know control all of us and we would right. all just be these you know automatons whereas like you know then you know we gradually change what we're afraid of but it all tends tends to represent like something larger in the cultural zeitgeist Hmm.
2: so then the american folktale is just uh overcoming censorship
4: i mean that's that's
2: part of it certainly i wonder what that says about who we are as a people right uh oh we're at the tippy tops (laughs) sure
4: All right.
0: Does anybody have anything else that they want to talk about about this movie before we like rock right into an uh, IMDb review of it? Yeah. Any
2: errata, anyone? <laughs> Does anyone have any errata? I errata. Think that was the
4: errata. Was that the errata? <laughs>
2: I <laughs> feel like, errata. yeah, we kind of, yeah, segued okay. into that very okay. nicely. Okay.
0: Well, all right. Now to the IMDb. And uh, now into the IMDb uh, review. So, one of the things that's interesting about this movie is that I could not find a one-star review of it. I could not find a two-star review of it. I could not find a three-star review of it, a four-star review of it, five-star, but a six-star review. There's somebody out there who has one. Actually, there's two, but one of them is clearly just somebody who doesn't know how to uh, put a star in a Well, this thing. is. A-
4: also, isn't the type of movie that trolls would seek out. Uh, yeah, you're like, correct. Right. It's it's not well known enough to be like, oh fuck, I got to do a takedown of that, and right. it's not like you know, schlubby enough or like bad enough or, you know, yeah. there's also
2: a hard movie to be bored by, a hard movie to sit through and not be affected by.
4: Right. And like, if you make it past the first five minutes, then you're going to make it the rest of the way Mm -hmm. through. Yeah. Anyone that like would give it a one star review would turn it off after five minutes and probably wouldn't think enough to even care to put a review up.
0: Right. Certainly so. Right. Yes. So, uh, so the review we're going to read is from sharp tongue. It's from 2001. Uh, says, not bad, but not a classic. (laughs) Uh, Yep, times were tough in 11th century (laughs) Japan. If you were a peasant, that is, or lumped into the same class as the brother and sister main characters are. Uh, Apart from a few high-quality moments, this film really failed to grab me. Perhaps it was because I'd seen Redbeard shortly before. Uh, There are parallels between these two, and SD, which is... This one, Century Digital. Uh, no, it's Sancho oh. deu is uh. actually the name of it. Uh, uh, and SD comes out a clear second best, whereas RB Redbeard uh, deals with horrid poverty using a broad range of human emotions, including much humor. Uh, SD Ooh, that sounds better. He's just comparing to a random movie he saw. Unremitting. Unremittingly depressing.
4: Is this another yeah. one of this dude's movies? Mm. Is it related at all? What is this red
0: beard? Uh, no. Well, it's another is it just Japanese
4: a, film with a better uh, beard than fucking Sancho. I
0: had. guess. I probably seems like more Anyone action. W- I wonder when humor. Red
2: Beard was made. Yeah, we can you know? look that up. After. Yeah, because like I'm sure it probably you wasn't quite so yeah, post 100%. World War II. You it's know? a 1990s a action the, comedy. Yeah, like, I think you know yeah. a lot of the like the heavy subject matter in this is like that that like, global reflectiveness that yeah. kind of gripped Post the world, post-World Post War II, yeah. you know? You watch, oh, like, yes. Germany, Year Zero, it's got a very similar feel mm. yeah. of, you know, just, like, this bleakness of life, Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. searching for meaning in that. Right.
3: Red, Red Beard's Kurosawa. It's from 19, yeah. 1965. Okay, which a little Kurosawa,
0: further on down the road. Yeah, further on down the yeah. road, and Kurosawa Kurosawa's a lot more palatable, I think, to Western viewers because there's not as much of a... There's not as much of the traditional, classical, Japanese culture within it it's very westernized mm. um anyway uh we can talk about this point later uh i'll not. finish his review let's see he says uh yes i felt for the characters and their plight but the disjointed nature of the story and sudden changes of fortune made that feeling difficult to maintain
3: agreed i love this guy's review yeah dude i'm kind you of I'm bored. That's
0: on you like point it? with yeah. so far I like that. Uh, a yep. lot of discussion about people being sold into slavery m- reminded me, curiously, of Dickens. <laughs> okay. I don't yeah, know you there, uh, uh, Yeah, you guys <laughs> are now off of his... <laughs> I
3: mean, maybe.
0: And I was Dang, sharp them. tongue, you had him for a minute there, bro.
4: I was good till he started talking about books. He hooked yeah. me. But then Again,
0: me. the compassion isn't favorable. I don't know what, I that, know means. what that means. Mm. Goddamn, you're losing me, man. Uh, then he says, probably an important film. And likely to be effective with a Japanese audience. Nevertheless, I cannot recommend rushing to see it. So he <laughs> still rushing, I yes, <laughs> recommends going to see it, but you just don't go to your th- don't, yeah, just don't, like it's in your yeah, own run thing. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wait till yeah. it's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, if you do have a chance, though, if if like for instance, for some reason you listened to this entire podcast and didn't watch it, you're uh, uh, And some showing happens uh, to it. <laughs> Go and see it on, like, the big screen, because I, I did, Beck, uh, I watched this in Ugetsu. Uh, they did a double feature at New Bev uh, before New Management. Uh... <laughs> That's the most hipster yeah, comment exactly. I've ever heard. Before, LA speak for Quentin <laughs> before Tarantino's New Theater. Management, uh, they did, yes, two art films back to back from Gucci oh, You said before New Management? Before New Management. Uh, so not Quentin Tarantino's <laughs> yes, Theater. So not, no, yeah, right. This is before, before it, the New Bev. Before he was, yeah, the curator guy of it. <laughs> yeah. um yeah, and I saw, so I saw it on the big screen, like uh, like both of them, and I mean that was pretty. Uh, I would not recommend watching them back to back because both <laughs> of them are pretty har- har- harrowing. Mm. Uh, but uh, but definitely see it if you can on the big screen. Yeah. Okay, Certainly. I think it's time to rate it, guys. I mm. think so, so who wants to go first? Um, Sean I'll goes go. first.
4: Yeah, sure. Why not? I'm gonna put it at like a uh, six and a half on a ten scale. Um oh you know it's Sean liked it. Yeah, yeah that's on my I you know uh, on the good side of uh, yeah, the Yeah, Sean there. liked
0: it. That's pretty um, good for
4: Sean. I mean, especially for having to read things, mm-hmm. it, it's you know got a bigger hurdle to cross for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a decent story. Um, it was well shot. Like like Joey said, there was it was kind of a roller coaster of like um, interesting and boredom, and then like like the review dude said, there's like this weird like you know jumping in time where like you just start to get connected to the character, and then it's like a new actor playing that character. But not only is not a new actor playing that character, like so much time has passed it's a completely different character so you like have to re-identify with the character each time and like they have to like almost it's almost like the first act of a movie like two or three times in a row because you're like kind of reintroduced to these characters so many times Mm. which i've often argued would be like a good way to make a comedy because once the plot kicks in it usually sucks but yeah i don't know i'm sorry cool (laughs) If you yep. cut
3: a half an hour out of this movie, it's mm. going to be a perfect movie. Probably. Uh, it just takes too long to get to where it's got to go. And i it's very predictable a lot of where winding. it's going to go in some yeah. ways, which is okay. But it's totally fine. It just takes a little long. And it's still a good story and really great acting. Everything technically is a masterpiece, honestly, especially for the time. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, I did enjoy it, but there was moments of boredom. Um, so, you know, be prepared to take a coffee break if necessary, but <laughs> it's still a good movie. Uh, and it definitely holds up, which is pretty goddamn amazing for how, you know, it's a different language and from the fifties. So that's, that's a good thing. Who?
4: the 1950s.
2: Timbo. The 1950s. Well, I guess it's time for me to be a dang old dangus. Uh, I, uh, uh, I balk at the idea of rating films. Okay. I really do. Okay. Um, you know, I played along with it the last time that I was fortunate enough to guest on this. Uh, on this <laughs> so your rating isn't not a rating. Well, my rating is it's pretty damn good. You know, okay. uh, so, All right. like that. I I personally I love the film. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, and I really enjoyed what I got from it. I I you know I. I I like a lot of uh, I like films that have like a, a, a philosophical core to them or a, a real spirit to them, and I, I thought that uh, that was somewhat of the purpose of some of the longer moments that you may not have enjoyed. You know, is
4: that uh, uh, oh, it's eating your vegetables, like it's
2: yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's taking a long breath in order to say something that takes more words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, so I I personally I thought I thought the film was. Just as long as it needed to be, I, you know, it could have been longer for me actually. Hmm. Um, but you know, I I also like a slow burn. But uh, insofar as rating it, you know, I, you I don't think necessarily
4: it's, have to give it a number. Everyone can quantify it in their yeah, own yeah. way. It's yeah. more of like you know a succinct like, would you tell someone to watch this or not, or like how much would you push? No, them to watch it? No, everything's
2: very black and white to me. Sean. Okay, I'm sorry, so sorry. sorry.
4: Uh, <laughs> I, I know you're not a nuanced guy.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, but no, I'd absolutely recommend seeing it. I think it's, uh, um, you know, I'm really grateful that Derek uh, uh, suggested this for us. I, you know, I thought it was a fantastic film, and I'm actually, it's probably going to be something that I'll watch again by myself.
4: This was your first viewing?
2: Yeah, this was my first viewing, and uh, uh, I went into it totally blind. I didn't yeah. know a damn thing about the movie, um, and I just, yeah, I thought it was great.
4: Hmm. Cool. Mr. Derek.
2: Yeah. So um, this is, of course, one of the films that I
0: like a lot. Uh, I'm still going to give it probably, I would say this is for me a 10.5 out of 12. (laughs) Um, So it's up there. Very, very high. That's very high for me. Um
4: so I think that's like an eight on a normal person scale.
0: Uh right? yeah, prob- probably Eight and, so. and a half. Well, yeah. percentage-wise, you guys are all
2: on the same scale. Yeah, pretty yeah.
0: much. I <laughs> think so. I think so. Maybe I, I don't know. We're well, going. anyway, yeah, well, it's it rates really high for me. Um I think that the the honestly, like uh this is probably about my f- fifth viewing of this, probably. Yeah. Um over the course of like a bunch of years though. Um and it, it's interesting how it does like it does seem like it's slow, his pacing is kind of slower than normal um I think that everything that's in it is very delicately placed into it and has importance across the entire film, and everything is repeated there's a lot of like everything that's planted is paid off later uh there's, uh, you know, he's got even the rule of threes that we talk about oh. a lot of the time. Like say something, uh, that you say something three times in a movie to like get across the importance of it. Um, Definitely it got really, that. It really builds, uh, it really builds until, uh, until the end. And I, can fi- I feel that motion for the most part there are a few type, times that it kind of seems like i think that that jump uh which which you kind of talked about actually the jump where we go from uh them as kind of kids to now they're the 10 years adults, later the 10 years later and we see immediately zushio doing this terrible thing mm-hmm. uh then it it's it gets us like like oh man what happened in these ten, you know, like mm-hmm. he's gone he's just Gone down, 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 downhill, right? And all everybody else's reaction to how he can be so cruel and do that. Uh, and then that happens. Um, and but then I think that that starts that starts his arc kind of mm-hmm. over again, which is kind of interesting right. because then we see later him uh, in probably my third favorite scene in this movie, uh, when he releases all this, like he tells the slaves that they're all free and uh it's in this like really super wide shot and actually i think schindler's list actually has a sh- scene that's almost exactly like this uh where he's like going where he goes through the middle of the people and uh he's telling them that they're all free and everything and then uh and then we kind of he walks off screen and then we cut to the guy that he branded and he gets down and talks with that guy and says can you ever forgive me and uh and so it's 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 great. It's to to me it's really great because it it manages to be really emotional and and gets across some level of melodrama without doing it too much. The horrible things that happen, it feels like are like more horrible than we ever see in movies, honestly. Mm. We hardly ever see anything this terrible mm-hmm. like happen to people. And yet it's still handled with such delicacy you know (laughs) yeah it's handled with such delicacy and like a sure hand and and extremely
2: well directed a lot of stuff to get from this would you say that like because you said you've seen this five times over the years Mm -hmm. would you say that you got anything new from this viewing well i think things so i think things um
0: I think that you get more – you see more of the things that are set up because I, I remember the basic structure. I remember kind of where it goes, what happens, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So I can actually see how he's placing the pieces now. You know, he's kind of – it's like in chess, right? You see the moves that he's making finally. And th- that is almost uh, – that maintains my interest from just the technical standpoint mm-hmm. and everything. But it still emotionally affects me too. Um, and I think it's because things in your life change or whatever. Um, and then some, sometimes these things become even more weight. And that moment at the end that's so great is where, you know, he says that I forgot my father's teachings. I did you know, and then she says, what nonsense do you speak of? Like you remembered your father's, you followed yeah. your father's teachings. That's why you're here right now. And that moment is like, just, you know, emotionally, mm-hmm. but I didn't cry though, but Nobody cried. Nobody we cried. We bought tissues. bought <laughs> tissues just in case. Yeah. And there yeah. will be some people watching this for the first time I think that will probably cry because Certainly. And I think um, in
2: I think in in different contexts I think I yeah. may have been more A dark more theater. affected. Yeah, you know, rather than yeah. like, you know, there was also the occasional dick and fart joke from from, you know, the peanut gallery me. of us watching it. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we all, we all played our part. Uh, yeah. that, you know, kind of And and humor, humor helps people kind of get through it.
0: Because I mean, I I think if you guys didn't have humor for it, it'd it'd be pretty tough. It's pretty tough anyway. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, There are some moments of humor in the movie too. They do have a few funny characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, Derek and I laughed at. Uh, When he becomes the governor, when Zushi becomes the governor, he's got his assistant, and his assistant is this this (laughs) over-the-top character with the mustache, (laughs) (laughs) like really loud and over. You know, he's just a funny guy. So there, there are like funny characters. So it's not like it's completely dark, which is okay, which I like. It gives you some moments to breathe. Um, Yeah, I don't think I can say anything more. I I agree with what you said. I think it's a great movie. I'm glad you picked it. I think uh, just to make make one smaller macro point I just want to think it's so interesting that we have to do this kind of thing because I feel it's unfair that yeah, I didn't, I was looking online at all this stuff people are comparing him to other Japanese directors <clears throat> obviously Kurosawa uh, Ozu and uh, it makes me think of also like how we what we do with Sergio Leone and Sergio Corbucci you know they're two Italians who are contemporaries we compare them to each other it's almost unfair you know I think it's it's like just because they're coming from the same country, they're three completely different styles, maybe you're completely different people. It's weird to judge them against each other. Well, I mean, it could be argued
4: all. that it's unfair to compare a director's work against their own work. Like, that's true, to too. Compare like that's movies and art is like uh, so. Well, I always get annoyed when, like,
3: like, like even when like a new Scorsese movie comes out, mm. people are like, oh, it's no Goodfellas. I'm like, mm. okay, <laughs> come on. Like, that's not fair to him. We have to compare it to every other movie that's been made, not. His best movie of all time. That's
4: But on the other side of that, we are human and like a big portion of our brain is geared towards, you know. Uh, categorizing things so like you know to say that like this is an M. Night Shyamalan movie that is different than saying this is a Clint Eastwood movie and there are certain things that that entails and Hollywood actually banks on that like you know you put a name on a marquee because you want a certain audience and you want like a certain sort of thing so I mean like I can see both sides of that like I do like you know as someone who has made movies like you do kind of want the freedom to be able to say like okay this next thing is the new Thing i'm working on and nothing else i've done before really matters because i'm putting everything new into this but you're going to be judged against the other things that you've done especially if you are a public filmmaker yeah. like if i just put out a movie now they're not going to judge against the shit that i made 20 years ago but they if i put another movie out the next year they're going to judge that movie against the movie i just put out so I don't know. It's like, it is unfair, but that is the nature of art and the nature of critique. Like it, it is unfair in and of itself. And that is, you know, how we communicate is that something that we want to really you know some people will want to embrace it some people want to shun it but that is like you know that is part of the zeitgeist and part of the the culture around any sort of art music or movies or anything is like sharing your opinion and what you think about it and like mm. i don't know to me if you know if you don't have that aspect then it's kind of i don't know watching things in a void <laughs> like there's almost i don't know it loses something there without having like something like this to actually you know sort of think and talk about a movie really makes it fall a lot less flat or more flat? I don't know. The earth is flat. Well, the earth
3: is flat. Ice uh, wall. How one well, sorry It'll to keep going here. I know you just wanna to, wanna to get out of here. How was this um received in Japan? Was this was this a hit? Um so I mean, he. I, I'm kind of curious. Was this a summer so. blockbuster, Derek? Is this yeah, this a summer
0: blockbuster. It was a. It was a real hit. You know, uh, I think his stuff by that point uh, was doing really well internationally. So you uh, well, said it was his eighty third. Oh yeah, film that's right. He's yeah. like yeah.
3: Venice International Film yeah. Festival. Yeah, so. he won three yeah. years it was in a
0: third row. Third year in a so, row that he
2: won for this. Uh, did you say?
0: I believe yeah, I believe this was the 52, third 53 of that, and fifty-four, yeah. you said?
2: Yep. Because this was a fifty-four release, so okay. that would have
0: been. So yeah, this would have been the one yeah, he won the Silver Lion for directing at it uh at the fifteenth Venice Film Festival. But yeah, he'd won for uh and it said that I guess Western critics knew about him because of that kind of thing and everything. There's a there's a quote that a guy wrote that I wanna kinda I can end on if you guys are ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the guy is uh, Anthony Lane, and he wrote about this movie. He said, uh, I have seen Sancho only once a decade ago, emerging from the cinema a broken man, but common my conviction that I had never seen anything better. I have not dared watch it again, reluctant to ruin the spell, but also because the human heart was not designed to weather such an ordeal. Mm. So... That concept of film kind of also as an experience. Yeah.
2: All right. Well, everybody shut up. The podcast is ending.
0: Exactly. (laughs)
1: Later. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>